there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Hey, Mo! What's up, everybody, man? Welcome to Walkie Talkies Podcast. This is episode 12 of the podcast. We are here on the College Athletes Network, featured on iHeartRadio, and I'm your host, Noah Bono. I do want to thank you all for choosing Walkie Talkies Podcast today as you drive into work, as you mow your lawns, whatever it is you're doing, because today we do have another really special episode. But as always, first, please make sure you are leaving the show a review at the bottom of the show's page on Apple Podcasts where it says write a review or if you're on Spotify right at the top of the show's page there's a place for you to put some stars those reviews are really huge for us so I do appreciate it and also make sure if you are enjoying what you're hearing from Walkie Talkies podcast that you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes and now let's get this whole cracking man because I can't wait to get into this interview man today's episode is really crazy like the fact that it came about the fact that it happened and you click the episode so you know who I'm about to introduce, but you know, our guest does happen to be one of the most highly regarded walk-ons in the history of walk-ons. Google him. <laughs> the name is Andre Drummond, man. 28-year-old, two-time NBA All-Star, an all-NBA third team selection, four-time rebounding leader, and you'll hear me rattle off much more of some of his amazing statistical feats as the interview goes on. But yes, this man was a walk-on at UConn, and he was not your traditional walk-on, which is kind of where the interview will start, and he'll talk about that that process believe it or not though dre did have a couple of funny moments at uconn 
that did kind of give off the walk-on vibe, which were, were really cool to hear about because um, you wouldn't think that anything would exist, but there were two little ones that he touched on that were funny. Uh, and from there, though, we do get into how the last few years of his NBA career have gone with being on five teams in three different seasons and what he hopes for this upcoming season in 2022, heading into free agency in just a couple of days. Um, you know, and there's so much inside of all of that with, you know, him playing with Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the buyout situation in Cleveland. Like there's a lot of things that we do kind of touch on, even Draymond Green and the new media, since that's a popping topic, man. I wanted to hear what he had to say about it. That was some cool stuff too. So two side notes in regards to the episode. Dre did have some choppy audio in the beginning of our interview. I swear I was not laughing by myself, man. We had a good time and it does not last that long. And honestly, I probably just noticed more of where it's at than any of you listeners will. But the interview overall sounds great and we cleared it up pretty quickly. So no worries there. Did just want to address that. I didn't want anyone thinking that I was producing shitty quality episodes and that was something on my end, man. I want these things to be as pristine and perfect as possible just some unfortunate hiccup on his side, but really literally does not matter. I'm rambling about something that doesn't matter. So let's get on with it. Secondly, I left some of our post episode talk in there. It's very brief. And it was after I initially thanked him and and ended the the actual episode. So there is essentially two endings. Both are small, both are short, not a big deal. But my point is, is I left the second one in there because it's just like a dumb little rundown of our candid convo about me getting him on the show and, you know, just how much he helps walkie talkies by coming on this show and just how appreciative I am for him to do that. Uh, I do also mention to him the walkie talkies merchandise that I'm going to be sending out to him. You know, I asked him his size and, uh, you know, what he would wear and what, whatever. And, and, just cannot believe the size that he <laughs> said he was does not make any sense uh i think it's pretty funny but you have to stick around to the end to get to that uh so i left that in so that you all know that if you know drum is wearing my stuff then you should be too you know what i'm saying so if any of you listeners out there are interested in the first round of walkie talkies merchandise with our little nba street vibe nba street mimic from the video game back in the day did just launch our first few items you can find and support the walkie talkies gang by visiting shopcrashinghoops.com and i'll leave that link in the show description below so you can click right on it there will be some even better designs on the way but this is a really good place for us to start as i finish up the rest of the show's branding but go check that out if you think you'd have any interest anyway that's enough from me i'm really excited to get into today's interview man this this conversation was special this moment for the podcast is huge so let's get into today's interview with former UConn men's basketball walk-on, crazy to even say that, and now NBA star Andre Drummond. Yo. It's good, man. Can you hear me? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good, bro. I appreciate you taking some time to do this. No worries. All right. So, you know, from the jump, you were five-star coming out of high school, ranked number two in the country uh, behind I Anthony one, Davis. I was number one in the country. Were you number I thought AD was uh, one spot was, ahead. You're behind him. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So when I was looking up 2011 top 100, it had – him than you but um that's about i ended up going, going back up again um it's funny to me man because when people google search like the best walk-ons like you get regarded as one of the best if not the best uh but it's just funny because you know a 611 265 pound dude is not a conventional walk-on you definitely shouldn't have been <laughs> you should not have had that title ever uh so it's just hilarious to me that you know you're kind of part of this walkie talkies gang so happy to have you on the show but I'll set the, set the stage from there. You're originally going to go to prep school in Massachusetts before college in 2011, and then kind of abruptly in late August decided to commit to UConn. Um, and that decision is kind of what triggered you being a walk-on, if I have that correctly. So what made you change your mind to go to college and what ended up happening that made you be considered a walk-on for that one year? 
Well, I had a uh, I had a family meeting maybe like a few weeks before like the high school semester started, and I think we all just decided that it was best for me to go to college because high school has become very uh very easy for me, and I wasn't really having much fun. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't having much fun anymore, so I just reclassified and when I decided to go to UConn they didn't have any more scholarships and I really wanted to go there. So I just said, you know what? I might as well just take uh, take the hit on the chin and just pay for a year. I didn't plan on staying long anyway, so I could just pay back my student loans after. Right. So, I mean, you technically were a walk-on. Were you like, you don't have to answer this if it's it's not allowed, but like, were they giving you any sort of money on the side that was like helping, that was maybe legal at the time? Obviously there was no NIL shit, but like, did you... <laughs> crazy part because when I when I did decide to go it was like a really big thing I got red flagged and I couldn't be at school for like a month because they were they're investigating like why is the number one player in the country going to the school and paying like should <laughs> yeah. I, was, I really I really wanted to play there like I really wanted to play for Jim Calhoun I had a relationship with him uh as a kid too you know because Hashim to be and Jerome Dyson used to get the hair braided at my aunt's salon so I used oh, to go wow. to all the other games as a kid so I already had a relationship with him so I really you know wanted to stay home and play there so I just took the year and just said, I'll, you know, suck it up and play a year, pay for it and go from there. So when you say suck it up, was it strictly because of the fact that it was coming out of your own pocket? That was like, man, I'm going to take these loans out and just, you know, do what I got to do because I'm only going to be here for one year. Was that the main thing about like sucking it up? Well, I didn't really know how long I was going to be there because I didn't really, in a million years, I didn't dream I'd be in a position I'm in now. This is all still so surreal to me. Uh, I just... You know, I just took a chance. I bet on myself. I guess you can call it that. I bet on myself at that point in time. I just said, I got to take this year, take it as serious as possible and play as hard as I can and, you know, hope yeah. for the best. So the loans you took out, and I'm, I'm assuming, I'm great assumption here, probably pretty obvious, but right when you got drafted, that was probably your first big payment was to get those off your back. I didn't even buy a car or a house. I paid my student loans back and then I moved out to Detroit the next day. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Get those out of the way. Don't let the interest a crew, all that. I'm in the same boat, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out in front of these before my six month grace period is out of the way. Cause I got a fat ass monthly check coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> but obviously when you know, like, you know, there's millions of dollars on the table coming your way. Like obviously if all the puzzle pieces align the way they're supposed to, like, you're going to be put in a position where those loans don't matter. Like I remember when I went to college, I was like, listen, I'm not going to the NBA, but like, I'm going to try to put myself in a position where three, four years out of college, like the loans are a joke. They're just like, cause like you said, bet on myself, whatever it is that I'm trying to do. Um, cause if you don't have that belief, whether you're going to go be an NBA NFL player, make millions of dollars off the bat, you know, whatever else it is you're going to do, you got to believe in yourself that like, that's the goal. Like fuck the loans. You're going to pay them back. It don't matter. Um, go ahead. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. Right. Yeah. So I just think it's a crazy one year ride. Like, was there anything that went on there? There, there couldn't have been, but, you know, obviously you saw how maybe the, your average walk-on on the team that you were teammates with at the time was maybe treated like you were not treated <laughs> that same way. But was there anything that would have maybe, maybe made you feel like, you know, you understood what an actual walk-on like went through? No. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I'm not really sure when I got there, I played right away. I almost forgot I was a walk-on at, at certain point, certain points in times too. Well, actually, you know what? Not the time that I remembered I was uh, the cafeteria time. You know, scholarship guys they got stipends and they got mm -hmm. free food. I had to like physically like get a credit card from like Citibank at the campus and like pay for my food because I wasn't on scholarship. Wow. Okay, so that was like so, the main thing. Was that was the normal thing I had to do, and I and I I didn't get to live with the basketball players too. I I lived in a honors dorm, got a really good grades out of high school, so that also helped me get financial aid. 
So I had to like stay in the honors dorm. So I was like a mile away from like the practice facility. And I was like late every day because I was at the bottom of campus. Okay. So there was like at least a little bit of like, like a little bit of, of normalcy there. That's kind of funny that you were, there was nothing they could do. They couldn't put you in the same apartment. Well, I, ended, I ended up moving there like maybe like midway through the season. They're like, all right, you keep coming late to everything. We need to, we need to do something. So, yeah. Right. The, uh, at Hilltop at the top of the hill by the, by the arena. That's great. All right. So really, like I figured with you being a walk on, there wasn't much to it because you were a walk on that played, you know, had a good first year. And at what point in that in that season, was it a foregone conclusion you'd enter the draft or was it a foregone conclusion before you had even stepped on the UConn court? I think when we lost to Iowa State in the first round and then I think the news came out a few weeks later that we were banned from the tournament. Uh, I can't remember why they were banned from the tournament again after that year, but they were, we were banned. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not going back. Yeah. <laughs> why would you? Yeah, I mean, like, like kids live or die, like live or die from those moments playing in like the, the NCAA tournament. And you had no chance to, even if you guys were, I don't even, I was like, I think I was in like seventh grade when you were <laughs> in college. So I don't even remember what was going on at that point, but if they were banned and you got bounced in the first round of whatever, if you guys were in the Big East, or I don't even know what conference you were in at that point in time. But the Big, East, the Big East was still around. Yes, of course, the Big East was around and is still around. I was just dumb and not in tune with much college basketball at that point in time as like a sixth or seventh grader. And yes, I'm sorry that the break came so early in this episode. However, please stay with us. When we come back, we will have some great extended NBA talk on Andre's last few years in the league, being on five different teams in the last three seasons and what that roller coaster ride has been like for him. So stay with us. We'll be right back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And Walkie Talkies podcast is back. And let's get right into my next question for our special walk-on guest, Andre Drummond. Um, all right. So let's, as I always like to do with the show, you take that very small walk-on journey that you had. It's more just, more so just funny that you even get the title of a walk-on. Um, but I like to apply it into like the current guest's field of work. Yours obviously happens to be a successful NBA career. So uh, I just want to shift gears into that because you've had, you know, an interesting ride these last three, three and a half years, like, you know, by your second season, you're averaging 13 points, 13 rebounds, never averaged anything less than that for the next seven years, which is, you know, insane dominance and really not appreciated enough. If you, if I can give my opinion, you had five seasons averaging 14 plus rebounds. So my point with saying all that is like throughout those years, you make 160 million bucks, just in NBA contracts. And these last few years, though, like you're bouncing around from team to team, you're getting hit with like vet men here, vet men there, contract buyout, like in that three year span, can you talk about like what that's been like and kind of just how you've been able to handle that? Like the adversity of bouncing around city to city, team to team, coaches, different coaches, different teammates, you know, and not really finding right. a complete home these last couple of years after all that dominance that I'm talking about, like it had to be a weird kind of adjustment phase for you. For me, it was uh, definitely a unique one. Um, you know, being in the same place for so long, playing in Detroit for eight seasons and then being traded to Cleveland and the pandemic happened. And then when I come back to Cleveland, you know, we were fifth or fifth in the rankings for halfway through the year. Then they sit me out for four months. Uh, that was definitely a, a mental struggle for me. It was definitely hard to accept and to deal with a lot of a lot of uh, this. It was it was a lot. It was a lot. You know, I, don't, I haven't spoken about it too often, so I'm trying to, like, bring back memories of it. You know, it's something I try to kind of. You know, it was a it was a learning experience for me. It was humbling. Uh, it was it was a moment of oh shit, like this is a real business, and I loved it. I embraced it. Uh, I knew what I needed to do to <clears throat> get myself back into a situation where you know people don't forget. Because you know, I feel like during the pandemic, it was like so all over the place, and my contract was expiring. You know, kind of like took people's minds off of what I was doing previous years. So. For me, it was humbling. You know, it lit a fire under my ass. I was I was ready to go once I came back uh, with the situation with Philly, you know, coming off the bench is something I've never done in my entire life. Right. Uh, also, another humbling experience for me to be able to play behind a guy like Joel Embiid, who I've had constant battles with throughout my career, also was kind of like a gut-wrenching moment for me because... <laughs> You guys you had know, some beef I, too, right? Like no, it was it was never it was never beef, and that's something I, I say publicly all the time. It was never beef. I'm just a guy that's never backed down to him, and I think that's something he really respected about me. And he he kills a lot of the bigs in the league. Like I'm not scared. Like I, I've never been afraid right. to play against him, regardless of him having great games against me. He's an excellent basketball player, uh, one of the most talented bigs I've ever seen or played against in my lifetime. But I'm not a bitch. Like I, I'm like I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep coming for you regardless of how well you play. And he knows that. Like I'm not mm -hmm. backing down. I'm gonna keep coming for you. I'm gonna keep playing hard. But to play behind a guy like that, um, it was tough for me because like I enjoyed playing against him and I was so used to being the star of my team. But again, 
another humbling experience for me. And I learned so much from him. I learned a lot from playing for Doc, who also is a family friend of mine. I've known him since I was 16. So to have that that chance to play for a guy like that who has such a high caliber of wins and, you know, his history and legacy of what he's done in coaching is incredible. So I love Doc to death. I love playing for him. Uh, then going, being traded to Brooklyn, <laughs> again, being traded again and going to Brooklyn and right. like kind of getting a glimpse of uh, kind of reality of, you know, where I used to be at starting again and being, being a focal point for a team and helping a team win and turning their season around. I started seeing things start to turn a little bit for me. And now I'm at a point now where it's a waiting game. You know, the draft is in a few days. Uh, free agency is a couple of days after. So it's kind of just seeing where my hard work has taken me these past couple of years. And right. hopefully, I'm reward, hopefully I'm rewarded properly. But at the end of the day, this game is something that is not very, very uh, – What's the word I'm looking for? Um, fair? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say fair, but it's, 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 it's a business at the end of the day. Right. It's a business so, at the end of the day, and, you know, politics are always involved, and, you know, there's always egos and points of views of how people view certain things. So I just try to play the game the right way, play as hard as I can, do what I'm supposed to do, and play it to the best of my ability. So obviously, hopefully yeah. the reward is where it's supposed to be this summer. But till then. Right. It's a, Man, waiting, it's, it's a waiting game. It's crazy to me because, like, from a fan's perspective, um, you know, you see the value of a player. Like I mentioned, all your your accolades. Like you had five straight seasons of, or five different seasons of fourteen plus rebounds a game, and you had seven years where you never averaged less than thirteen and thirteen. But it, all it takes is that little hiccup in Cleveland and that right. bump in the road in in LA when you didn't even really get a full chance to play alongside Braun and AD in that group. And then all of a sudden, like Andre Drummond's stock is looked at as like, oh, he's not that valuable in today's NBA. Right. Like he's a six eleven center that can't step outside and shoot the three. And that's probably like the main thing that, you know, all these front offices. That's, that's, that's the only thing you can say. Yeah, right. Like what? Yeah. What is what else is <laughs> what else is your argument for why you wouldn't want? And honestly, that argument alone to me is such is so shitty because like it's bullshit. It's bullshit. So it's bullshit. So I just think it's crazy because. I just want to rewind briefly. Like what in that Cleveland thing do you think happened where they were like, yo, we're going to sit you out for four months. Like you had the big contract. I know they were probably trying to buy you out, but I remember when you got traded there, I was like, you know, Cleveland's Cleveland, probably not going to be that great, but like he definitely helps to the mix of what they got going on there with that core. Right. But then it felt like you never even really got a fair shot at like, do, like building something there before they were just like, right. nah, you know, like, we're just going to sit you out and try to get off your contract. Like, what do you, what do you think started that? I mean, I think, I think we were doing something that they weren't expecting. I think they were, their plan was to like start playing a lot younger and kind of revamping their team. And I feel like when I, when I came, I demanded excellence from everybody. I demanded that like, I was like, anybody can tell you that they, from day one, when I first got there and they were playing a certain way that I wasn't comfortable with, I called, I called a timeout. I think I forgot who the first game was because maybe it was the Clippers or I can't remember what it was, but I remember I called the timeout and I, and I was screaming at everybody. Like, I remember it vividly. Like, I was like, yo, we're not here to fucking lose basketball games. I don't care what your record is. Like, I want to win. Like, we can win. We have a really good team. Like, I remember telling these guys that. And I feel like from that day forward, like, that team started believing in themselves. Right. Like, we started playing. We started playing a lot better, started gelling a lot better. And then obviously the pandemic happened. When we came back and started playing again, we were fifth in the East. Mm-hmm. the entire the entire way like our confidence is at an all-time high and I feel like the front office didn't expect that from the team I feel like they expected us to 
not play as well because they had another vision in mind. Um, but, you know, again, it's politics, business. Yeah. You know, I don't want to touch too much on that. You know, it's a, it's a touchy subject. So I don't no, want to, I hear you. I, I don't, I don't want to fuck, I don't want to fuck myself in that, in that aspect. So, yeah, I don't want you, I don't want <laughs> you to either, man. I just think it's so funny how like a team will trade for a guy who's making what 27 million a year because they want him to help them win. And then they'll be like, yeah, you know what? We don't want to win. Like, we're just going to. Yeah sit you down like I, I don't know what a, it's just kind of backwards okay last break coming up everybody but don't go anywhere because when we come back Andre dives into a little bit of his time with the Lakers he also talks a little bit about being in the middle of the drama between Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving that was going on all year and how teams sort of handle that internally and how he handled it personally he also hits on that Ben Simmons phone saga and what that really was about and also Draymond Green and the new media since that's been a hot subject of discussion really cool stuff here so you won't want to go anywhere we'll be right back this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next the amex dedicated card member entrance for the win unbelievable when you get travel perks with amex platinum you're part of the action that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Walkie Talkies podcast is back. If you're enjoying this episode so far, make sure you do leave us that review and subscribe to the show. And let's bring back in our guest, Andre Drummond. You're only 28 years old and you go from being that, you know, big time max player, franchise player to maybe in like a secondary third, third kind of fiddle role, which is fine. I mean, you're still a top three, top four guy that can help a championship quality team. But, you know, you're 28 and now you get the buyout 
the little vet men halfway through the season with the Lakers, then the same thing with the Sixers. And it makes you think about what people think the market value on you is. But do you think that that Lakers season, like had maybe you just decided, you know, I'm going to sit out for the remainder of this year, just because I've been sitting out for four months anyway, and then, you know, work on signing with another team the following year, like maybe you wouldn't have been on a vet men two consecutive years in a row. Cause that Laker thing, yeah. that Laker situation was weird. Like what yeah, you I were thought, coming I into. It, I, yeah. I thought it was weird too. I feel like a lot was going on over there that I didn't know of, but you know, injuries, it was injuries. I mean, I don't think it was anything we can control it was out of my control, it was out of Bron and Hades control of injuries. Right. Um, it's something that, you know, we just had to kind of live with. I mean, it, I didn't get a fair chance to really play with those guys and build some chemistry. Dude, not at all. Like the day, yeah, no, none at all. I mean, they didn't come back to them in the last four or five games of the season, and that's not enough time to build any kind of chemistry with anybody. So, right. you know, it's something that we just had to – something I just had to adjust to and, you know, live with. At the end of the day, I made the decision to go there, something I had to live with as a man and move yeah. on from it. Was so, there was there no chance that you – because I kind of thought, like, hey, he didn't get a fair shake. Maybe he decides he wants to go back to the Lakers and run it back with a full healthy Braun AD right. and then really see what they can be. But then, you know, quickly within free agency, it was like Drummond is not returning to the Lakers, you know? So I, I, was it ever in the cards for you to come back or was it more so like, all right, I, you know, yeah, I, just, yeah. I, I didn't mind coming back, but I just felt like, you know, there was, there was no real pursuit. So I think that's right. kind of where it was at. I don't think they, they called, they never really called back or made any real phone calls. So that's kind of where that, where that lies. And then, you know, you get in the mix up of like being in Philly and you're with Ben Simmons. Well, actually, before I go to that, I, I do just have to say like that postseason run, that brief run where you guys lost to Phoenix in L.A., like had A.D. gotten hurt maybe a game later and or maybe if like Braun never got hurt and you and him were still able to build some chemistry, you guys probably could have had enough that got you over the hump, even if A.D. had gotten hurt. So I just as a Braun stand. And an AD fan, you know, I'm I'm bummed that Cur like I love Curry, but like you know, the four rings equal to bronze four rings, whatever. I'm just talking from yeah, a no, fan's perspective. That's, that's when I get into the arguments with my boys, like I, you know, I'm losing credibility around here. <laughs> but I just <laughs> yeah, feel start, like trying to catch up, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I feel like you know that core group of you guys, like, because you know having two bigs in your front court, like you and AD, it's the same thing as AD and and uh, DeMarcus Cousins when they played together, like right. How do you rebound? How do you score in the paint? How do you guard the two of you? Like teams play so small. Yeah, like what's your that, plan? Like, yeah, what's your plan? So that's why I was always looking forward to Ron when I saw you they were getting you because I'm like, well, the rest of the league is fucked because you got Braun already and then you bring in these two monsters. Like you got the Twin right. Towers. So, I mean, I don't know. It's unfortunate from a fan's perspective it didn't work out, but that leads me into like the mix-up that you got put into, you know, going to Philadelphia. Like you have – your career where you're trying to figure your stuff out, but you're thrown into all this drama with like the Ben Simmons thing. And then you get traded with him. And now you're right. involved in all the drama that's going on in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're probably just trying to hoop and you're surrounded by all this extra noise. And I know you guys in the locker room probably do a good job of just eliminating all of that toxicity that comes from, you know, outside sources. But like, what was it like being around the shit with Ben and Philly and then bringing the shit over? Now you're involved with the shit with Ben and Kyrie in Brooklyn. And it's like, damn, bro, like, can you guys, can you outside people just let us play basketball? Like, <laughs> right. No, I think, I think with the Philly situation with Ben, I didn't really have much knowledge of it, nor did I really give a shit. 
because it had nothing. I mean, it had nothing to do with me. And I know Ben personally. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a grown man. He had his way of doing what he wanted to do, and you know, you got to respect it. He didn't want to play. Yeah, I mean, that's it's simple and plain. He didn't. He didn't want to play there anymore. Bro, what was the phone asshole. thing? Like, there was no way that was a phone in his pocket. It looked no, like it a water bottle. It was, it was his jersey. Right. Like, if you zoom in on the picture, like, there's not a phone in the world that is that big. Yeah, I mean, people were trying to make it. As, I mean, I was there. To, I mean, obviously, we were practicing together, but it was a, it was his jersey. He stuffed it in his pocket, and people so, have made it something way bigger than it's supposed to be. At the end of the day, media is going to be media, and people are going to be people. Yeah. And you can't you can't uh, you can't fight those type of battles. At the end of the day, it, it is right. what it is out of your control. But is it distracting? Uh, like, is it like you're around? For me, all for me it's not. For me, it's not. Like I said, I, I can give a fuck less what's going on because it ain't got nothing to do with me. It's not hindering our team. We're not losing right, games. Okay. We're still playing really well. At the end yeah. of the day, drama is drama. There's drama all throughout the league, but ours just happened mm-hmm. to be a little more publicized. Right. Yeah. I just never, you know, from an outside perspective, you never know how much like guys on the team let it seep in. And, you know, because right. obviously you guys are all friends, you're around each other, you know, for exactly seven months, like conversation will come up about it. And like, you know, it's just not when it seeps in and it's negative, like you feel bad for those guys. Cause it's like, you know, he had his, he had mental health stuff going on. Kyrie didn't want to get the vaccine. It's like, just stay out of people's business, but you guys are so your lives are so publicized to begin with that. That's kind of an impossible ask, I guess. I mean, um, but you know, you guys in Brooklyn, this year, first round exit, like you're back in the starting lineup, doing your thing, playing well. Um, what kind of, what do you think maybe went wrong, steered you guys? And if you don't even care because you don't think you're going to go back to Brooklyn, you don't even have to answer that. I don't know what your plans are for free agency. I know like you can't talk to teams until right. what, July 1st. Um, but is that, correct? is there any hint that that could be a return there? Are you looking for something a little bit more yeah, secure? Yeah, I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy playing. I enjoy playing in Brooklyn. I would definitely love to go back. I think we uh, we we built some great chemistry from the time we were there to you know the playoff obviously didn't go our way. I think chemistry was a big factor during that time. I think things were a little all over the place trying to do different things and get guys adjusted with Seth and myself coming in and guys playing new roles. I feel like that's been the story for me the past few years of not having a full season with a with the team. So with the team, right? How like, how hard yeah. is that? I mean, you get thrown into that. It's difficult. It's like... I mean, I, th- I think I think with anything in life, when you're going into something that's brand new and you're trying to make it work on the fly. It's difficult. Is there, so, is there I mean, an uncomfortable phase for you where it's like, it takes you like, a couple I like, of weeks? I like it though. Yeah. I like, I, I enjoy, I enjoy it. Being uncomfortable with something that I, I, I enjoy being a part of because at the end of the day you grow from it. It's nothing that's ever too hard at the end of the day. The game of basketball is never pretty. Right. <laughs> nor, nor is the ins and outs of it. So whatever comes with it, I try to embrace it and make the best of it. Yeah, I remember like when I was younger, I was going through my own basketball trauma. And I remember just seeing Melo always tweet on his or put out on his Instagram, like growth and comfort do not coexist. And from that moment, like it, it always rang true with me, kind of even if how, no matter how cliche it is, like I was maybe 16 when I read that. And I was like, oh, wow, that's actually like really beneficial. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you're uncomfortable, but like at the same time, it's helping you grow. So when you're bouncing around all these teams, like, you got to get to know 15 new teammates, 10 new coaches, bunch of new front office people. And at the same time, I expected to go out there and be the dominant. And be great. Right. A lot of pressure, man. Like it's like fucking, you know, obviously you guys are built for it, but at the same time, like when shit doesn't work out, maybe once, like people are human. You guys don't get like enough. At the end of the day. Right. It's, there's not enough of like a p- empathy for what you guys go through. 82 games on the body. Like, 
I think about all the time. I'm like, these like, cause we just wrapped up, you know, 30 game college season. And that is nothing compared to, it's only a 40 minute game. First of all, you guys play 48 minutes 48. and and the competition is way, you know, completely different level. And you do it 82 times. It's like, you got to really be a, di- you got to be a different kind of human being to be able to go out and perform 82 times in like a six, seven month span, then get in the postseason and try to win championships. Like, that's why I can't shit on a guy like Curry, any of these dudes, because when you can be that great for that long, like more power to you, man. Like that's you, you get even guys like you, like, you know, haven't had a ton of postseason success, but you're still a prime example of someone who has showed the consistency throughout his entire career that it's like you can do nothing but praise that, like because it's not an easy feat to accomplish. So with that being said, like you're 28 years old. You still got so much more game left to play. Like I would hate to see, and I'm sure a lot of your fans would hate to see like you not being on an NBA team next year or struggling to, you know, prove your value. Cause it's already to me been proven. So at 28, like, where do you see yourself navigating all of this? Like what, what more do you think maybe you need to work on to then prove to a team? Like I do make sense for a couple year deal for more than, you know, the veterans minimum. Like where, where do you see yeah, that I for think- yourself? I think, you know, like I, like I touched on earlier, I think I've done my due diligence during this grace period of three years of, you know, all the drama that I've been through. I think I've proven myself that I'm far more valuable than what's been seen or what's been talked about. So it's a waiting game right now. It's a waiting mm-hmm. game. I think I've done my job. I've played well. I've done what I was supposed to do, the ins and outs, both on and off the court. So now it's just time to, you know, reap the, reap the reward of, you know, the hard work. Yeah, man, I, ho- I hope it works out for you. Hopefully you get – hopefully the first five tweets I see from Woj are like an Andre Drummond, you know, three-year X, X amount, million-dollar deal because, like, right. there really should be no weight gain for you. Like, there's 30 teams in the NBA, and there's a ton of teams that don't have centers that are better than you. So, I don't know. Man, I agree. A lot, you know, yeah, I mean, and this <laughs> is just from an outside perspective of, like, someone who is just a big-time fan of the NBA that, you know – wants to get involved in the NBA, watching it every day is like, like there's no, there's not 10 centers in the league better than you. So for you to not have some security is weird. Um, Last couple of things that I want to just hit you with is we touched on some of that media stuff and, you know, Curry and them, the Warriors, they win their fourth title. Where do you feel about all that stuff with like the Draymond new media? Like, how do you feel about some of that stuff? I think it's a, it's a cool, I mean, congratulations to the Warriors. Obviously, I think it's a cool thing what Draymond is doing. I think it's actually pretty fucking crazy too, because he's doing it like after game, regardless of when the wins are lost, lost. Right? So yeah, I think it's real. I think it's really cool that he's doing that because it gives fans an opportunity to see like his insight of like what he's dealing with day in and day out, and what's it, what his opinion is of other players, how he feels about himself. I mean, I think it's a cool idea. I mean, it's something that I've thought about doing myself because it's like, damn, people always want to know what we're doing, what we're thinking, like how we feel after wins and losses, what we think about other players, like. People right. crave that, like fans crave that type of uh, content. So yeah. I think for him to do that and have it on such a big platform, because like people look forward to the shit he's about to say after games. I know. I even go, like I wasn't looking at it at first, but, like midway through the season, I was like, let me start listening to what this motherfucker is saying because <laughs> every day I see him on my timeline talking about something. So it's it's become something that is the norm now, and it wasn't something that was normal back when we first started coming in, like early in our career. So. Right. I think media is taking over, taking over sports completely. It's it's putting the power in the players' hands. Yeah, and it's it's always funny too because like you know he's playing in an NBA Finals game and he was saying like he and had, he's, st- he's still doing it right like he, I, and I was crazy. I, I was questioning myself like 
is he like before they made the finals? I'm like, okay, so if they get to the finals, like, are we going to get the same pods after the games? Yes. Like, you're in the finals. Like, and then he said after one of them, he was like, all right, man, it's like two o'clock in the morning. I got to go get something to eat. And I'm like, this motherfucker is crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he don't care. <laughs> he just but had think, to get out. But there. Think about it like this imagine it. Imagine if they lost, what would have been said? Yeah, like does they're he like, get on oh, the mic? Like, like if they're if they're down three two, or say they they lose game seven, if there was a game seven, does right. he get on the mic after the game and talk about it? Like, I think he would have, and that's the thing. I know I know Draymond very well too. And I think he would have done it too. Like I don't think he really cares, and that's the funniest thing about him. He doesn't give a fuck about nothing. Yeah, like, he doesn't care about nobody's opinion. He doesn't care about what you think about him. He doesn't care about what your opinion is. He's gonna right. stay his opinion. He's gonna say what he has to say, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I, I really loved him getting up there on the podium, like the post-game press conference podium in front of all the media. And he just hosted the podcast right there. Like right. after the dub, they had like a 30-minute conversation, him, Andre, Iguodala, and um, Clay. And I was like, that's the best place you could have done it. Like get it out of the way. You, uncensored. You don't worry about nothing else after that. Yeah, I mean, like, and then you, you'll, his producer will take care of it and post it. But I just think it's an interesting subject because you see on first take every day now, like Stephen A., J.J. Reddick, Kendrick Perkins, all these guys are discussing, like, what do they think of the new media? And they all have interesting perspectives on it. But at the end of the day, everybody pretty much supports it because it's like, you know, it's a player talking about the game. It's a player giving his insight. Like you said, there's a million people in the basketball world that once you guys finish your game, they're always itching for more. They're like, I want right. to, what's going on after the game? Like what's the, what's the juice that they could give us. And Draymond, he doesn't really hold back. He kind of just like, no, says, he just says whatever says what it is. And it, yeah, it makes for great content. Um, so, you know, uh, well, first of all, I mean, I, I don't, I could talk to you about hoops all day, but I'm, I'm not going to keep you. Um, so I, I just want to say I appreciate you coming on and share short sharing. Oh, your no, I appreciate you for having me, man. Thank you. Bizarre walk on journey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was definitely nothing like my five year walk on journey. So um, I appreciate that. I appreciate you answering some NBA questions. And I, you know, I wish you the best of luck, man. I hope that, you know, this no, contract man, stuff works so out for you. So thank you, bro. Appreciate you, brother. No, thank you. So I just wanted to give you this rundown because like, you know, I started this podcast and like you try to get guests on all the time. Like, and obviously like I, <laughs> I was my, my producer, like got me in touch with Mike and then I you know, right. was able to get it done. But I like the whole time I'm like telling my brother, I'm like, nah, I won't believe it till I see it. Like, cause I had <laughs> any big, big name person. I'm not going to believe is going to come on the podcast until I see them until on do the it. screen. Yeah. So like the whole time I'm like trying not to jinx it and I'm not even trying to sound like a fanboy. It's just like you help the show immensely you know what i mean like i, oh, no, I, I greatly appreciate it it's an honor to be on your show man yeah i appreciate it like i you know i started this back in september with like the nil stuff signed a deal with iHeartRadio, and we're still kind of right. trying to get off the ground you know so it's like right it was really important to have like it, for me to have have you come on the show so I, i'm very appreciative of it uh even oh, if I we didn't have it. enough even if we didn't have enough walk-on stuff to talk about but um <laughs> yeah I, i'd love to send you like I'm, I'm working on getting some merchandise down um for sure yeah send it over some some small stuff like um it's like a mimic of like the nba street um video game like that logo right. that, uh font wise just a mimic of that because it was always one of my favorite games um for sure I'm sure you're like a fucking quadruple x i, I don't know like what do you wear no xl <laughs> just xl <laughs> yeah i got a little i got a little torso man <laughs> oh you're 611 you're not you're not an xl i'm an xl i'm, I'm a large xl <laughs> i'm telling you 
All right, man. I'll let you get going. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Hopefully, oh, I appreciate you, uh, Thank you. see you down the line when I hopefully get my foot in that NBA door. But uh, I appreciate you, man. Big right time. No, love is love, man. Thank you. All right, man. See you. All right, walkie-talkies. And that's a wrap for episode 12. Really just so cool to get Andre on the show. Really fun getting the chance to talk hoops with a hooper, you know? Just sitting here with him, kicking it, and uh, getting his perspective and his take on some of these things was really fun and uh, special for me as I um, embark on this interviewing journey with Walkie Talkies podcast. I really do look forward to whichever other big name former walk-on wants to come on the show and vibe out, man. Maybe like a Baker Mayfield, a J.J. Watt. I don't know about Antonio Brown with all that stuff. Maybe an old head like a Scottie Pippen, a John Starks, man. What can we do to get these guys on the show? I know they all got some cool walk-on stories. Jeff Hornacek, you know, there's Jim Beheim. There's a, there's a ton of them, man. So we can check Andre off the list. We got to get the rest of them on, but slow and steady wins a race. And uh, this was a special one today. So I hope everyone enjoyed. And again, if anyone wants some new merchandise for walkie talkies podcast check it out on shopcrashinghoops.com. again the link is in the episode description below and please my last two requests as always is to make sure you leave us that review if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes you've listened to you can do that at the top of the show page on spotify or the bottom of the show page on apple podcast where it says write a review and lastly make sure you are subscribed to the show so you don't miss any more episodes like this both of those things and even if you want to get some merchandise man all of those are greatly appreciated and more so just greatly appreciated appreciate you know whoever is tuning in weekly and and listen to today's episode so uh thank you all again for listening this episode truly was special and uh groundbreaking for walkie talkies podcast so um i'll see y'all next week and remember Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season now's the time to buy at fisher homes for a limited time only enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375 percent apr 6.139 percent apr with these exclusive lower rates you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.